There's no way that I think any of us can conceive what it's like to be taken from a family, what it's been like to lose your parents. We can look at it, we can read about it, you look at statistics, but I can only imagine how traumatizing mm -hmm. that that would be. We've gone down to the orphanages a few times. They're sweet kids. They all have such good qualities and they have the potential to do amazing things. We want to bring a program to them that can empower them and tell them how amazing they are. We want them to know someone cares about you. We think you're special. On the Jason J. Walton Live It podcast this week, we have guests Jason and Carrie Harris. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. us. Jason, we're familiar with you because you were a previous guest uh, talking about Harris Investments. And of course, I know you and a lot of people here locally know you as a real estate tycoon. So I don't know if that's that's a, a hat you'd wear, but I'll just say it this way. You're very, very talented at what you do and you have a passion for real estate and especially for doing real estate in a way that gives good tax benefits. Thank you, yeah. One of my, one of my big takeaways from our last conversation was that uh, we both kind of grew up without and had a hunger and appreciated the value of a dollar and that you particularly had a passion of not paying taxes that you don't have to pay. <laughs> Is that fair to say? That's fair to say, yeah. Yeah, legally, you, everything's legal and above board, but yeah. but you study the law. It's our biggest expense. If there's a way to reduce it, that was of interest to me, legally, so. But during that podcast, you mentioned the Kinwell Foundation, which is a charity that was set up by you and your wife. And every time I tried to ask you about it, you said, oh, that's my wife, Carrie. She's the one who handles that. She is the wizard of all things foundation. And you said we'd have to do a podcast with her. So Carrie, thank you for graciously joining us. And before we even get into the foundation, I'd like to know, know about you. Where are you from? And what's something interesting about you? Um, I'm from Utah. Okay. Or Utah. Um, Way over in Orem. <laughs> way, way over there. Yeah. And something interesting about me. I don't know what's interesting. You have a me. twin. I have a twin. That is interesting. Wow. So. Identical? Um, we don't know. Okay. Um, we've decided on our 60th birthday, we're going to do a big reveal. Okay. And we'll let everyone know, oh. which the only person that cares is my mom, if we're identical <laughs> twins or not. I, I want an invite. <laughs> that sounds, that is fun. It's great that you planned it Yeah, we like to out. be a mystery, so. So what are some of your hobbies and interests other than the Kinwell Foundation? Um, I like to be active. I like running, working out, yoga, hiking. When we're in Hawaii, I like surfing. Yeah, wow. Um, that is active. Yeah, I like to read. I like art. I'm I'm definitely more in the creative space as Jason's a little bit more in the analytical, logical space. Yeah. Um, so we definitely balance each other out with our interests and personalities. And Well, I love your story and we'll get into it a little bit more. But I love from knowing the two of you in our previous discussions of where you've been and the things you're doing now, which leads us to the Kinwell Foundation. How long ago did you start the Kinwell Foundation? Um, we started it in November of 2020. And- um, Wow, things have gone fast. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've done it's, a lot. It's been in the works. I mean- I would say formally, we started it November of 2020, 2020, but okay. we probably three, four or five years had discussed time. with CPAs 
how to set up and structure a charitable foundation where we could put money to work in a charitable cause, but also have others do the same. And it took a little while for us to figure out how that would look, work, and what we'd do with it. Yeah. But we'll probably talk and go into yeah. a little more details why we were passionate about doing that from an earlier age. So, Well, first of all, why did you name it the Kinwell Foundation? The Kinwell Foundation is a play off of kin. Um, we wanted something that um, related humankind to family. We wanted to impact humans around us, but also like in the way we would our family. We wanted to treat everyone like family. And if family was struggling, we would help them. That's how we feel about the Kinwell Foundation. It's set up to help um, specifically Right now, we have a scholarship program that's helping um, students in Amarillo, Texas go to college and also orphans in Mexico. And yeah. so it's set up to help others around us um, live their dreams. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a very creative name and it's so appropriate. But I think it helps Thank people you. know the way you've created the name and just knowing what it is helps people to know your mission and what you're about. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That sense of community, sense of family mm -hmm. and that, that that family extends beyond son's daughter's cousins and it's the human family yeah yeah it's beautiful thank you and jason if i remember right coming from amarillo there was a story you shared with me uh, that involved your grandfather grandpa harris who's no longer with us and i believe he may have given you ten thousand dollars and the part of the scholarships that you do now as a way to pay that forward can you Elaborate, please. Yeah, so I, I grew up in the outskirts of Amarillo, and it's funny, over time we've laughed more about my upbringing in, in town, and I loved Amarillo. I was passionate about how great a place Amarillo was until I left Amarillo and saw the world and, and still thought, wow, the people of Amarillo are fantastic. And that's really what I think I learned is I grew around or grew up around great people, and uh, my granddad specifically was one of those, my grandma and granddad, and they helped shape and form a lot of my mindset and desires to hopefully be a better person and a better man, a better husband, a father, and, and do good in the world. And so um, a lot of who I hoped to be was what I thought and saw my granddad to be, a man of integrity and a man who everyone had something good to say about my granddad because he was a person who helped and served everyone around him. And so I just loved and adored my granddad. And I actually was fortunate to just grow up two houses down. And my parents, because they got married at such a young age, I went there all the time. And they were in their 50s, you know, when I was a young boy. And so they were young grandparents that were still active. And so my granddad and I did a lot of things together growing up. And so I just looked up to him in a meaningful way. And so when I was older, my grandma's uncle passed away and she inherited this money. And it was her wish that it would go to the grandkids and then each of them would receive $10,000. And so that money was a lot of money. I mean, there wasn't a lot of money in the household, you know, that we grew up in. And so I was so excited because that's all I would have other than what I was trying to um, grow myself, which was very meaningless on a $5.25 hourly wage. And so... That was the start for me to be able to go to college and have a starting point. Um, I should probably stop there. What was your question about the granddad, <laughs> oh. though? <laughs> yeah, no. My, my question was, my question was, I remember you you shared a story about your grandfather and about how you got started. That he 
gifted you ten thousand dollars. Okay. Yes, and that, oh, and, right. that, and that we were talking about the scholarships of the Kinwell Foundation and how you're you continue to pay that forward. That's right through the scholarships yeah. that you offer. And I was hoping you could explain yeah. okay. a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to keep going on that. So. So I, I was able to take that money plus some that I had put away myself. Um, and the first time that I used that money for my tuition, it crushed me for some reason. That was the intention of the money was to help me through school. But when you've never had money and you see this account that actually shows dollars in it, and then you see it go away, it's almost like I lost some hope that there was something better out there that this money could potentially do for me. And so I made up my mind that I wasn't gonna to touch that money. Again, I would find a way to pay my way through school. I was going to put this money to work and, and grow it. And that's what I wanted to do. And so that money eventually became the money that helped fund my first investment property, a fourplex that Carrie and I lived in while we were still at school at BYU. And so that money then compounded to be more property and other properties and increased my knowledge and passion for real estate, which you know, ultimately led to Harris Investment Group. And so that meant so much to me, maybe even more than what college may have meant and could have meant in way of what career it could have provided, that I wanted to try to have that type of impact on others as well because of the impact that ultimately had for me. And so that was my hope was to honor my grandma and granddad and specifically my granddad who who passed away. Um, and, and, and we kind of incorporated my grandma in that process where she helps us choose the recipients in Amarillo, Texas, and can kind of interview them. And we look for those qualities of integrity and hard work and good ethics that probably don't have the means to go to college, but are very deserving. And so there's certain point metrics that we look at. But for me, it was like, I want to be able to give back because this money had I not had, I don't know if I would have been able to start as early as I did. And could have, could have set you back four or five years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really could have. And so um, we, we're fortunate to be in a position now where we can do that for others. And it's so exciting to go through that process and find all these candidates that most, a lot of them seem very worthy. If you look at all the different metrics that we're looking at. And so it's interesting. It started out as one scholarship a year. It's turned into two scholarships a year. And every year we're looking at it saying like, there's just so there's many more that many. are deserving of this. How do we... How do we pick and how do you say this one gets 10 grand and the and the next one gets zero and just that's so hard for us and so i'm sure over time that it'll grow and become more and more that's, that's my question for you carrie first of all um how do you see the scholarship program through Kin the kinwell foundation developing over time um currently like he said we're in amarillo texas helping students um there in the panhandle but eventually what I see, so another piece of what the Kinmel Foundation does is we have an empowerment program for orphans currently in Mexico. Um, but I want our scholarship fund to fund the orphans to go to school. And we're in Mexico. My, my dream and vision is a worldwide program. And we'll have scholarships offered to kids that go through our empowerment program so that we know they have the skills that they need to be successful in college. Yeah. And then we're, we can, after they've proven it to us, we can come in and give them the chance to go. And I say, I say a scholarship fund. I also view it as it could be a scholarship, but also business grants is wow. a part of what yeah. we want to do. Kind of like Jason. Yeah. 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 So it could go, it could go for either. Um, they would have to apply for the scholarship just like we currently do and the business, 
um, grant would be a business proposal and they'd go through the process of us vetting that just like we would the scholarship fund. So that's, that's my vision of what it would do. I love it. I like how it's tying back to the, to some of the other initiatives of the Kinwell foundation. And I'm hoping we can go to back to that just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So other than scholarships, what else does the Kinwell foundation currently do? So the Kinwell Foundation right now is developing an empowerment program for youth, specifically orphans in Mexico. Um, we have partnered with A Child's Hope, which is um, a Utah charity that has orphanages in Mexico, specifically the Baja region. Okay. And what we're doing now is we are custom designing a program based on research that we're doing. So we are working with orphanage directors. We're working with caregivers, um, previous orphans that have moved on from the home. And we are digging into the real life challenges and issues that these kids are facing. And we're, de we're designing a program to address those so that when they leave the orphanage, they can be empowered to live the life that they want. They can they can go to college, they can get a job, they can have a successful relationship. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, we're we're developing the program around um, things like time management, goal setting, um, relationship skills, um, things that they need to, to live a good life as an adult. That is so beautiful. So you're not starting the orphanages. There's no. people who have orphanages you're just going and partnering with those orphanages mm -hmm. and you are helping put together an empowerment plan mm -hmm. to help the orphans in every aspect of their life to prepare to have mm -hmm. a better quality of life. Yeah. So mentally, emotionally, education, everything. Yes. I, um, I look at it as, are you familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yes. Okay. So we're partnering because we need, we need an environment that's safe and that they feel comfortable in. So right now we're partnering with orphanages that have that environment. They have their physical needs met and their safety needs met. And so we can build they're, on they're that. They're not hungry. Yeah, and yeah. so we can, we can build on um, the social needs. We can build on um, spiritual, all of these different types of development in them because they have the base needs met. So that's like, I'm, I referenced a child's hope. That's, that's what a child's hope does they go in and they handle a lot of the physical needs. And we wanna build on that because what is happening right now is when orphans leave the orphanages, and I've talked to a couple orphanage directors and it happens even in good orphanages that have a good environment. They leave and they still end up on the streets. They end up pregnant, they end up in jail, they end up, and the orphanage directors are banging their heads against the wall because it's like, why? How can we get these kids to the next level? Like yeah. we're providing, we're providing safety, we're providing physical needs, but there's there's a step missing for all of these kids so that they can they can Mindset. have yeah, yeah they can have a different life so that they don't have to repeat the process because right now that's what's happening they're repeating the process yeah the life expectancy of orphans is thirty years old so what happens to their kids yep it's a repeat process. And it's literally a poverty cycle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so if we can teach them a few skills and build on build on those skills through the years, I'm hoping that we can develop their mindset, develop their skills enough that it doesn't have to be a repeat. 
Well, it sounds like a very synergistic relationship between you and the orphanages. Yeah. The orphanages are providing those bottom level of, of Mas- Maslow's needs. Mm-hmm. And then you're you're providing the higher levels, I mm-hmm. think, right? Yeah. And the, that's the plan with, mm-hmm. with a curriculum. Mm-hmm. You were talking about how the mindset from the experiences of some of the youth are just different. It's more than mindset. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things it seems that we just take for granted because of how we were raised, of how we perceive brother-sister relationships, parent-child relationships. We take some of that for granted. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of work to be done because maybe you can share with me some of the issues that you're running into in the orphanages. Yeah, so I have personally interviewed caregivers in these orphanages and some of the things that they've been telling me, one one thing I was surprised that they brought up it, that the kids are struggling with is relationship issues. Um, the way that they view we're not talking about we're not talking about romantic relationships no talking about other relationships um even romantic but also even father daughter um in these homes um specifically with the caregivers i was interviewing they set them up in like a family type environment where there's a couple in charge of the family and they actually call them mom and dad or mom pa and um the caregiver i was interviewing said whenever her husband comes in to like give them hugs goodnight or, you know, like tries to talk to them and just have a healthy relationship with them. There's a lot of pushback and it doesn't feel good. They push him away. They're like, ew, this doesn't feel good. Or she also brought up um, when they watch like soap operas and, you know, in soap operas, there's definitely examples of unhealthy relationships. And that's what they like. They like seeing that. And when they see the healthy relationship, they're like, ew, ew, I don't like that. Can you, we want to see more of that the abusive or the the unhealthy relationships and so i think you mentioned that they almost want the that father figure to say something mean to them yeah they they don't know how to process that they don't know how to deal with the healthy type relationships and Um, and that's why the the cycle keeps repeating right because there's just what they've experienced how 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 do you begin anew with with Mm -hmm. a relationship that you've never seen modeled or experienced especially when when you do see it your reaction is, ew, that's weird. Yeah, because it doesn't feel comfortable. To yeah, them. so and the reason I bring that up is because this is beyond like like what most people think of when we say mindset. Mm-hmm. Most people think of oh goals or being driven right. or being motivated. This is beyond that because you can be driven and motivated and all those other things, but but have an unhealthy understanding of your basic relationships, and then you're you're more likely to go repeat those patterns. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it's amazing because you're. With the Kinwell Foundation, your curriculum addresses all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Drive, motivation, education, but also it goes into their environment and addresses the counseling issues that are needed for, you know, for their histories. Yeah, um, and going along with that, like some of the mindset issues that they're facing. When I was talking to the caregivers. Um, they do have even like the basic, like you were talking about, the basic mindset issues. They were saying if they're if their kids in that home are preparing for a quiz or something like that, their mind immediately goes to, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. And they don't have that positive association with success or, or doing something right. They just immediately go to, because of, because of their environment and the, they, a hundred percent of the kids in these orphanages have gone through trauma. Mm. Just being taken away from a home and put in an orphanage. If you didn't even have trauma in the homes they're taken away from, um, or some of them are taken away from home. Some of them, like they're 
actual orphans where the parents have passed away. Some of them, they're taken away, kind of like the foster care system here. But 90% of them have experienced some form of abuse. There's a lot of abuse that happens, going back to the relationship. Um, I can't even imagine. I mean, it's simple to go read that. I've had had trauma happen to me in my life where I've thought, you know, I've looked at other people that have gone through that trauma and I've thought, well, we lost a daughter. She took her own life uh, a couple of years so ago. Sorry. That's the worst. But I looked at that beforehand like you do now, if you've not experienced it and thought, I can't imagine anything worse than that. I can't imagine anything worse. And then when it happened, I thought there's no way I could have conceived of this. Yeah. Like no matter how much you sit and think about it, you you could never conceive what that's like. And the reason I'm saying that is because I it, it gave me the perspective to realize there's no way that I think any of us can conceive what it's like to be taken from a family, what it's been like to lose your parents. We can look at it, we can read about it, you look at statistics, but I can only imagine how traumatizing Mm -hmm. that that would be. And also, very, very fortunate, I was never abused Mm -hmm. um, in any way, uh, you know, from my caregivers. And so Mm -hmm. it's very difficult for me, and I don't pretend to know how horribly traumatizing and damaging that that would be. And it's just so... I'm just so grateful there's angels like you, Carrie, <laughs> at Jason, who are actually doing something about it to bless people's lives and to to make them better, to to bring healing where there's pain and suffering. Yeah, well, thank you. We we feel very blessed to be in the situation to help, and having met the kids, it just tugs at our heartstrings even more. There's been so many sweet kids that we've met when we we've gone down to the orphanages a few times and we've brought our kids with us. And it is so tender to see these. They're sweet kids. They all have such good qualities and they have the potential to do amazing things. They really do. But they just don't get there. Currently, there's there's a few that go to college and get a job and have a successful marriage or a, a family life. But for the most part, there's not a lot that that happens to. And so we want to change that. We want to bring a program to them that can empower them and tell them how amazing they are. Hence, that's part of behind the shirts we're all wearing. Yep. We want we want these kids and basically everyone in the world. Yeah. Everyone is special. We want everyone to know they're special, but specifically these kids who don't have parents or a caregiver telling them daily how special they are. We want them to know someone cares about you. We think you're special. Because you are special. They are. And for the people who are listening to this on, on not, not watching it on YouTube, we're all wearing matching shirts from the Kinwell Foundation. And it has the Kinwell Foundation on the back mm-hmm. and then the front in big bold letters that says you are special. Mm-hmm. And Spread uh, kindness. Yeah, Kinwell Foundation and then you are special. Yeah. Spread kindness on the mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Which there is a story behind the shirts. Well, let's hear them. Yeah. Let's. What is the story behind the shirts? So, as you mentioned, Jason, the whole support system, you know, look, fortunate for you, you didn't have to deal or grow up in a, a home of abuse. And so there was probably more of a love and support and nurture that you received that helped you yes. have the safety to try and to fail and to know that that's okay and that you can yep. keep going. And, and and a lot of these kids don't receive that. And so Carrie and I have looked at our own lives and, and me specifically, my mom, unfortunately, was a victim of abuse, both verbally and sexually. And I didn't know that until a little later in my life. But she was fully committed on stopping the chain of abuse that had happened in her family line. 
And my mom's also a hero of mine who I've looked up to and seen the impact that she's had in my life to shape my mindset, which I think was the maybe the best thing that I had is that I believed in myself to go out and try and to believe that I could, you know, achieve things that most likely people would look at and say, no, you you don't fit here or you shouldn't be thinking that you can do that. And in fact, Carrie would even laugh. I remember in college, I was applying for jobs that required a master's degree. And I said, no, I can do it. And I, <laughs> in fact, I'm so Maybe good at the job interview. I bet I can get the job. I mean, I may not, I may struggle at the beginning. Anyhow, it's a joke, but I had a very good mindset. And it's because my mom, every single day before we'd leave the home, she'd always ask you, who are you? What are you? And we always had to say, I'm a child of God and I'm special. And she would not let us leave until we told her that. And oftentimes, if you're leaving multiple times a day, you have to say it again. And so she ingrained that in our, in our heads because she wasn't told that. And she saw the impact that that had. And somehow my mom still led a life of happiness and joy despite all the problems that she had. And she wanted to instill that in her kids. And so she broke the cycle. Yeah. She broke so, the cycle. So that's where the you are special comes from. There yes. are shirts. It comes from your mother. From my mom. And it's beautiful. And what was so cool is the impact that she had on my friends growing up in Amarillo, Texas. All my friends knew when they had to leave, they had to say, I'm a child of God. I'm special. Amarillo, Texas. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a different world there than maybe we live here in, in Utah. And so it grew. I mean, people knew that. And so when my mom passed away, I had a lot of people reach out from Amarillo and talk about the impact your mom had on me. And I looked to her as more of a mom than maybe my own mom. And she developed me and made me believe. And I, I've got several examples of, of the impact that she had on some of my friends. And so anyhow, I want to make sure that my kids who don't have their grandma here know how special they are. And as part of our empowerment program, that's one thing that these kids we feel like often aren't receiving is understanding their true value, their identity and their worth and what they're capable of becoming. And that's what we hope that we can help with within this um, system or with the, um, I don't know if you're calling it a system or the platform that's being used to assess where their mental health is and where they, how they view their worth, because that's something that's really undervalued right now and underserved in these orphanages. We focus so much on the basic needs because those need to be met. But our goal and mission is to help those orphanages that are getting those basic needs met and now further uh, build upon that. Yeah, and what's so next? We've piggybacked with some other charities that we feel like are doing a great job meeting those basic needs so that we can help hopefully expound. What was your, what's your mother's name? Anne Harris. Anne? I'm glad, I know Anne passed away recently and I'm glad that she lived long enough to see you, Mary Carey, to see your wonderful children, to see you be successful in your career and to be a good, as you said, child of God and to realize that you are special. I'm glad she was able to be around to see you start the Kinwell Foundation. Something tells me she's still helping in yeah. one way she's or another. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Yeah. So there's so many things, Carrie, that you could have done when you were putting together a foundation. What what drew you to working with orphans? So when I was younger, um, like elementary school age, I had a research project. And it's funny, I try to remember or think through like why why they assign such heavy topics. But the topic I was assigned, or I may have chosen, I don't remember if we were assigned or chosen, um, was child abuse. And I just remember, I was probably like third or fourth grade, 
we had to stand up and verbally give our report to the class after we had researched it. And I went heavy into the research for, I guess I was probably nine or 10 and super heavy. I read some really heavy stuff. I hadn't really, I, I also am so blessed and lucky. I don't come from an abusive household and I have never been abused. Um, so it really stuck with me. Like it really triggered something deep inside me that there are kids that live a sadder, like that sad of a life. And, um, anyway, so it's always just kind of been with me, um, in the back of my head that someday I want to do something for kids that don't have a happy childhood. I want to help them. And it's like this burning thing I've had, but I've never really known what that was. And I went through college, I did study psychology. And I remember um, when I was applying for jobs, I kept looking at nonprofits because I I really wanted to do something in the nonprofit world. Um, I ended up getting pregnant, um, which was a surprise my last semester of college. And so then I had kids. Um, I did that and I also helped grow Harris Investment Group. 2020 um, was the year, so Jason was writing a book and we actually went to Hawaii um, when all the craziness from COVID was happening and we didn't know what school was gonna look like for our kids. So Jason told me, um, well, talked me into the crazy idea that it's like, let's just move to Hawaii and let's just go there. Like our kids, we don't know what school looks like here. Activities are shut down, let's go to Hawaii. And so it was when we were in Hawaii I feel like I got to unplug from things and really assess like, what do I want to do with my time? I'm wearing a hat that needs to be, that I felt like needed to be worn, but I I could sense that we were bringing enough people on the team. I didn't necessarily need to wear that hat anymore. And I remember- With Harris Investments. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember telling Jason that just, I feel like there's something different I can be doing to impact our life. And so it was at- around that time that we also had been talking more about the scholarship fund. So that's when we started the Kinwell Foundation um, was 2020. And that's when it's I had decided I was a broker at our brokerage. We have a real estate brokerage, Harris Real Estate Group. And I decided to walk away and we found somebody else to fill that spot. Um, And so then I walked away and felt like it was time I could fulfill the burning desire I'd always wanted. But then it was like, okay, well, what do we do? And actually this was probably before 2020 that I was, I was trying to figure out, okay, well, what do we do? Like, I want to do something to help kids. What do I do to help kids? You know? And, and yeah. I kind of had it in my heart. I had visited orphanage orphanages before and for, there's this tug to orphans. Yeah. Just they don't have parents. I just, I can't imagine how lonely that is. I can't imagine. I can't can't imagine, no. Not having a guide through your childhood years, helping you and just feel like your North Star. Not having that North Star, I just, I feel this tug. And um, what gave me the idea of the empowerment program. So I was, our youngest, Hunter, is a, um, he's full of emotions. And he was very full of emotions at that time um, for good and for bad. And so I actually was doing a few programs with him, like emotion coaching programs. And they were really making a big impact in his life and my life because he was he was learning how to self-regulate his emotions. And he was four years old. And I was it was then I remember walking into a gym class and I was like, this is what I need. I need to teach kids. And I was thinking 
just along the lines of like self-regulation. Yeah. I bet there's no, I bet there's no one that's willing to put the time into teaching kids how to do that except parents. And so that, that's what got me down the road of like, I need to teach them something like this. And then it grew. And then it, it's one of those things where I feel like when you're headed down the right, the right path and you're finding your purpose, like it kind of yep. leads you. Yeah, you end up where you're supposed to be. Yeah, and, and so I, you realize the kids who really need this the most in, in force are, are orphans. Oh, totally. They need that more than any other probably group of kids, at least I can mm -hmm. think of. Yeah, and so I, I got introduced to all these different people, one of which being um, an empowerment coach. And her and I started talking about this more and it turned into this big empowerment program idea where instead of just this self-regulation of emotions, it's like, what if we had this big empowerment program that could really empower them and handle things like teach them self-regulation, which is a part of what we're yeah. doing in the program, but also teach them life skills and things that they need to be successful. And so I'm working with her. Her name's Renee Johnson. She's a- She's quite accomplished, Renee, right? Yeah, she's Forbes rated top 10 empowerment coach in the world. Wow. And she, she is heading our development for this program. Um, so I work closely with her and we have a couple other people on our team that we're working with. She's developing the program and the curriculum Mm -hmm. That you'll be helping to implement in all the different or all of the different orphanages where, that you partner with. Yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah, so I definitely feel passionate about finding your purpose and also your purpose finding you along the way because I feel like that's totally been our our journey where we started the charity, we were doing the scholarships, but also like we just were led to. This is needed. There is no one in the industry that is doing an empowerment program for orphanages. Like no one's handling teaching orphans life skills to the extent that we're thinking they need it. You and, know? and there is such a need. There is. It's a problem. So so when I met Jason and he was clearly so passionate about, about the Kinwell Foundation and it made me really excited because one of the main emphasis of the of the Live It podcast is there's three prongs, help entrepreneurs, and then there's help high achievers, and then let's give back. And I really like working with people who are passionate about how, where they give back. And what you've done is a huge thing, and we don't need to do that. We can give back and make people's day better just by small little things and in increments. But I said, Jason, how, how can I be a part of of the Kinwell Foundation and what you're doing. So step one from that is having you on a podcast to share it with the world, because I think there's a lot of people who are gonna be very excited about what you're doing and, and how they can contribute their resources, including their talents mm -hmm. to what you're doing. And I'm hoping that when you start raising funds, because I know, I know that the funds that go to the Kinwell uh, Foundation are all tax deductible, because mm -hmm. Jason would have it no other way. Yes. And so I'm hoping that I could be one of the, the first person or one of the first people that you ask for a check. So That's awesome. I'll, nice. I'll, I'll have you. it ready for you. And for the people who are listening, other than writing checks to you, to the foundation, um, how else can people help? Um, just by sharing, sharing the message and um, just informing people about what the problem with orphanages and orphans in general that there's an issue in the world and we need to address it. Um, but also reaching out, like if you, if you have talents or yeah. ways, I mean, we're going to be doing business coaching. We're going to be doing, um, 
so any business owners that would like to participate in that, we're going to be doing psychologists. We're going to be doing yeah. trips down and running to the orphanages, running like workshops. Uh huh. And so we'll be looking Doctors, for volunteers for that. There's a lot of different things. We're trying to develop some of the land so that the land itself that's been dedicated to the orphans can provide them with additional resources and income. And so I'm trying to look at ways to develop the land to be income producing so that income can help the orphans have more or be able to bring in more orphans. And so there's so many ways there's, people can get involved. There's a lot of ways to get involved. So anyone listening that has any type of skill they can contribute to help in coaching, to help going on these trips, to help fill their part of a curriculum mm -hmm. or contractors who know how to build things, yeah. uh, doctors, dentists, other healthcare providers, anyone that has talent and skill that they're willing to give and also resources, mm -hmm. then we can reach into the Kinwell Foundation and partner with you and go make the world a better place. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that that's fantastic. Uh, where do you see the Kinwell Foundation in a decade? So my goal for the Kinwell Foundation, currently we're working in the Baja, Mexico region. Um, we have on the back burner, we have an organization in South Africa that will, after we've wrapped up the development of the Baja region, we're going to start in South Africa and we have a place in Bulgaria. And my goal is to reach the world. I want this program eventually to reach. And honestly, I want it to be something that's accessible, not only to orphans in these environments, because my, my view is if we can develop an empowerment program that's so impactful, it can bring orphans out of the poverty cycle. What could it also do for kids in a healthy environment say yeah, in the U.S.? Of course. So our program will eventually be all online is my hope. That's, that's um, really good. As a login that can help facilitate with parents, um, empowering their kids to do the same from a less, from a higher, from a higher place. Like they're starting in a, in a better environment, a better place and teach those kids also so that it reaches the whole world. My, my goal is big. I want it to be a worldwide thing that anyone can access with a login. We can have an app currently we're not sure how it works online with um, the Mexico region, but we are developing an online program as a part of what we're doing. But there's is going to be a little bit more in person than online. Um, well, the great thing but, that you're doing is you're, you're developing a curriculum. Yes. And that curriculum will be online. And eventually, it will be accessible to everyone in the world. Mm -hmm. And what an amazing vision that you carry and a passion. Thank you. Can you share with us how the Kinwell Foundation has affected your family, maybe your kids? Sure, I'd love to. Um, so I, Jason and I feel very passionate about service and the impact it can have in your life. In fact, selfishly, I think service does more for the people serving, the people giving Agreed. than the people receiving. Agreed, it's healing. Um, yeah, they've actually done studies on um, people that give versus people that receive and the reward centers in the brain it's actually exactly the same. Like the people giving versus receiving, you receive the same reward hit in your body as if you receive. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's good to know for those who are listening, though, that when you need to receive, receive. Yes. So this it's is, this isn't a message not to receive. Yeah. This is saying at all different times in our lives, sometimes we're giving, mm -hmm. sometimes we're receiving. I think it's important to know how to do both. Yes. Yes. Um, so we love that. So we've involved our kids in every step of the way. Um, with the scholarship fund, they come with us when we go to Amarillo, Texas. 
and they hold the giant check and they huh. shuffle up onto the yeah. stage a little awkwardly and like hand the check to the recipient. And um, we love teaching them about paying it forward and giving back and about how blessed we are and how it's our duty um, as the steward of what we've been given to share it. And that's what brings us joy. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of humankind, the goal is to have joy in life, right? And I think what brings you the most joy is service and giving. And so that's how it's impacted our family is it has provided ways for us to serve and give that has brought us so much joy and fulfillment. And I'm hoping our kids event, the Kinwall Foundation continues and it lives on through them. And they'll move it forward. And they will move it forward into yeah. the next generation. Carrie and I, to, to preface it, we didn't grow up with means and, and really didn't see others who had means to be able to give. And I think one of the best things that we've learned is by having means and having wealth, that the, the, the best joy that it gives us is giving it away and finding ways to do good with that. There's other nice things about it, right? And we, we do realize it's not, it's nice not having to worry about certain things when you don't have enough, but what we don't want is for us to try to grow all this wealth and then somehow that demotivates our kids and what they want to do in way of giving back to the world and who they want to become as people. And so I struggle with this all the time and it's constantly a worry for me is because I'm regularly talking money, investments, and uh, how to grow wealth. And it's kind of my line of work and my kids are a part of that. But I also want them to be very much a part of what money represents in way of the good it can do and what money can't do and what it it's not meant for and intended. And so while we bring our kids to the scholarship foundation and have them assess the recipients and then give them the rewards, I see the light uh, in my son's eyes. And I think it's so cool where he's like, dad, I want to be the type of person that gets the the $75,000 scholarship. There was one that was 75,000 or some kind of army thing, but you know, he's, he's realizing that. And then it's grown into, I want to be the person that can give scholarships away. And so I just love that my kids are seeing that, that money can be a way in order to help and bless other people's lives. And I, I think that's what I'm really hoping for is that my kids can see the good that money can bring for other people, not for the toys and nice things that it can bring for them. And that's what I hope I can, we can instill in our kids is they love and are passionate about these causes and maybe even have their own that the Kinwell can eventually grow to as far as what they want to give and share and have an impact on. And I think that's what we hope and believe that Kinwell eventually can grow and beyond us because someday we're not going to be here. And we hope that our kids will continue to give and share and find happiness and joy through that, those efforts and be the type of person and citizen that is contributing to the greater good. I think that's going to happen. And it's because of both what Carrie said and what you said is that you're involving them now, choosing the recipients, holding the check, that I think they're already experiencing the feelings that that come from paying it forward. And they've come you, to you've involved that You've involved them already as part of it. And they know what that tastes like now. And they're going to be hungry for it in the future. Despite not speaking Spanish very well, they still feel connection yeah. to their friends at the orphanages. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love too is they feel more connected than they do different 
despite having differences. Mm. And yet there's this um, connection that they feel like because they go back to their friends every time we go back to these orphanages and they play soccer and they do other activities together and they realize how much more they have in common. And so I just love seeing that where they may not be able to communicate well yet, but they're still buddies. And I just love that aspect of it. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today and for sharing the Kinwell Foundation with the world. Thank you for forming it. And um, thank you for making the world a better place. I can just sense from being in your presence that the motivation for what you're doing is just purely out of love and altruism. And um, gosh, if we could all do that a little bit more of what the Harrises are doing, think of how great a place the world would be to live in. So I just really appreciate your example but not just your good intentions, but what you're actually doing. So uh, I hope that Appreciate a lot it. of us will have opportunity to reach out and help the, the Kenwell Foundation move forward. It's a great story. It's a great cause. Thanks so much for having us, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thank I you. Appreciate it.